Hey, Dutch Sheets here, and on today's podcast, I have a subject that I want to talk about that is very, very important to me, and I believe it's going to be very encouraging for you, and that's one of the things really that I want to do on this podcast. There are so many voices now in the nation that are either trying to destroy us as a nation or shift us from our true history and calling as a nation. And there are other voices that because of some of our egregious uh, sins in our past, abortion, slavery, uh, the breaking of covenants with the Native Americans and stealing uh, the land in some ways, a lot of things in our past, some people uh, are saying that God couldn't use America uh, as he has in the past. Some say God would have to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah if he didn't destroy America. But I have a different take on these things. I believe God is going to restore us to our destiny. I believe a great revival is coming and that we are already in the beginnings of it, a literal third great awakening. And I believe a part of that will be, and one of the results of it will be, restoring us to our calling and our destiny as a nation. I believe America plays a very significant role in God's plan for this time in history and that he is not finished with America and that even though there may be some rocky roads ahead, we certainly are in a tumultuous time now, and I'm not at all implying that I think that is coming to an end um, quickly. It may continue, but that will not alter or stop what God is going to do. In fact, he will use it. So... I want to encourage you uh, today on this podcast to believe that our best days are ahead of us, not behind us, that God is not finished with us, that a great revival is coming. And I don't want you to judge what you think God is doing or about to do based on what you see in the natural or hear on the news. We must be like Elijah who can and uh, who could discern by the Spirit the timing of what God was doing and what he was going to do. And he said, I hear the sound of an abundant rain when there was still not a cloud in the sky. He heard, he heard that sound because he had heard from God who said, I'm going to make it rain again. And in the Spirit, he could tap into the rumblings and, and, and the stirrings, and he could hear what God was about to do. He didn't see anything in the natural when God first spoke that to him that would indicate things were turning. And Jezebel was still in power, her false prophets of Baal and uh, Asherah. Asherah were still in uh, full, full force, and yet God said, I'm coming to redeem. So... Uh, we can't judge what uh, God is doing or about to do based on what we see around us. We must discern uh, the times 
by the Spirit. And I and other prophetic voices in our nation right now are hearing that that we are breaking through, that we are turning the tide, and that a great reset is coming. That's why I titled our conference this October 8 to 10 in Middletown, Ohio, The Reset, because of the words that have come to me and others that God is re recalibrating, reconstituting, resetting this nation. This is why there's such incredible warfare. The warfare is not happening because we're losing. The warfare and the violence and the anarchy is happening because we're winning, because we're turning things. And there's a desperate attempt of the Antichrist forces in our nation, of the, of the far left and those who don't want us to be a strong force uh, for Christianity, for freedom, etc. They are trying desperately to stop us and stop God in this nation. So anyway, I want to talk to you about uh, our destiny uh, as is mentioned in a prayer uh, that occurred uh, about 400 years ago, actually. Uh, I, I was given, let me, let me back up and start by saying, uh, I had an encounter with the Lord that was very dramatic in the year 2000. This is one of the two most significant life-changing uh, encounters uh, Meetings. Uh, I, just, I I don't know how to what to say, how to what the right word would be. Just uh, a time with the Lord where He came in a special way and moved upon me in an incredible way. And I believe it was a part of the mantling of my life, my ministry for this nation. But in two thousand, when this happened, um, I was walking to the podium to speak in the church I pastored, and, and something came over me. It was Holy Spirit, but I didn't know it at first. As I stood at the podium, opened my Bible, I became dizzy, uh, disoriented a little bit, didn't know what was happening, actually thought, am I sick? Is this a heart attack? What's going on? I stood there for a moment, didn't want to alarm the people. I said, uh, let's just wait for a minute before I start my message. And I just closed my eyes and stood there. And then another wave, much stronger, came over me, and I began to weep. And I knew it was God at that point, but I didn't know what he was doing. I just, uh, in, in seconds, I was weeping uncontrollably. And uh, my wife, Cece, everyone, no, everyone was quiet watching me, sort of startled, wondering what was going on. She, she realized it was God. Uh, even though she didn't know either what was happening. So she came to the microphone. She talked with one of the associates, elders, quickly. She came to the microphone and she said, I don't know what's happening, but I know this is the Lord. And I know, and I, could, I couldn't speak, by the way. She said, I know what Dutch would want us to do. He would want us to leave, uh, just lock him in the building, put worship on, and leave him alone with God so God can do whatever it is he wants to do. And that's what happened. And so within minutes, the building was empty. I was locked in the building by myself. And for three and a half hours, I wept. Uh, and I've often said, I, I believe I wept with the Lord. 
So I believe he was weeping with me. Uh, and it was, it was over America. I, I did not have yet the heart for this nation that, that I have now. Uh, it was in process. And I had asked God to give me his heart for America. And this was really the, the culmination of that. But what I felt was not anger. I felt love and I felt uh, grief, the, the grieving of a father over a prodigal, uh, one that was away from him. And so at times I repped, I, don't, I, you know, I guess this could be a little bit disrespectful of the flag, but, but at the time I was overwhelmed and, and just didn't know what else to do. I remember at one point I, I, I took the American flag that we had in the sanctuary there and I, I took it off the pole and I had wrapped it around me as a prayer shawl. And I sat and walked under the flag for an hour or more, just weeping and sobbing. And uh, then at one point, I remember lying on the floor and covering up with it. It was just overwhelming. At one point, I felt like my heart was going to break. Literally, I, I told the Lord, Lord, if you don't do something to stop this, I'm afraid I'm going to die of a broken heart. I hurt. I was hurting from a point deep inside at a place that I, I didn't know was even there. I didn't know you could weep from where I was weeping. And uh, basically, again, it was just God giving me his heart for America. But one of the things he said to me very, very clearly was, I must have this nation. I must have America for what I am going to do around the world in this hour. In other words, it wasn't just about us. It was about the nations. And since that time, I have known that revival and recovery and restoration in America is not just for America. It's this destiny that he has on us to be the leading voice, not just of freedom, but of the gospel of the kingdom around the world. And history came alive. Our, our history as a nation came alive to me at that point. Suddenly I, I, I realized I need to know what he's talking about. I mean, I knew, but I, I wanted to know at a deeper level. I, I, so I studied our founding. I studied our founders. I studied things that were said. Uh, not only did I look at the good, I did look at the bad because I wanted to repent for the bad. You know, the Bible teaches identificational repentance. We don't, we don't, we not only, we don't only repent for our own sins, but we can repent for the sins of our forefathers. And we have to, because until that happens, there are lingering iniquities and resulting curses that uh, are there flowing through history into the natural realm, into life, etc. So I, I have been to hundreds of places in this nation where both good and bad have happened. But I want to talk about one of those places now for the remainder of this podcast, and that is a place called Cape Henry. Cape Henry is where some of the early pilgrims landed in 1607. Uh, under the spiritual leadership, there were other leaders, but there, the spiritual leader was Robert Hunt. 
And uh, it was a difficult voyage. It took longer than they thought. There was a lot of sickness and just it was very difficult. But when they finally reached the shores of, of what is now Virginia at Cape Henry, uh, Robert Hunt requested and, and, and it, the request was honored that they wait three days before disembarking so that everyone could fast and pray and and sanctify or set themselves apart to the Lord. He obviously knew this was something very spiritual and had to do with destiny. And when they did disembark three days later, they took a cross that they had brought from England for this purpose. And he, in his prayer of dedication, which was the first official prayer by the English uh, in the New World, said these words, We do hereby dedicate this land and ourselves to reach the people within these shores with the gospel of Jesus Christ and to raise up godly generations after us and with these generations take the kingdom of God to all the earth. May this covenant of dedication remain to all generations as long as this earth remains. And may this land, along with England, be evangelist to the world. May all who see this cross remember what we have done here. And may those who come here to inhabit join us in this covenant. You need look, I'm end quote, you need look no farther to know the destiny of this nation. It was prophesied on that day to take the gospel of the kingdom, the kingdom of God, to all the nations of the earth. An amazing, amazing uh, statement. And I want you to know that when things like that take place, God honors that. He, it's not just a one, you know, a, a prayer for that moment, but God honors prayers of that nature and acts uh, of that nature, and He's still honoring it today. Now, I had a a prophetic prayer assignment given to me just a few years ago by uh, Chuck Pierce. He prophesied over me that I was to go back to seven places in America and retrace the steps of our covenant with God or our assignment, our, our agreement, our promises, etc. Uh, not implying that we have a covenant uh, that is at the level of an Abrahamic covenant or, or the new covenant through Christ's blood, but the word covenant means promise. It means agreement. It means contract. Uh, and they're they're sacred to the Lord, spiritually speaking. They're very important, and that's why Robert Hunt called what they were doing a, a covenant with God. This nation does have covenants with the Lord, and this assignment was to go back to these pl seven places uh, the, where our covenant with God originated in America, and begin to retrace the steps of covenant and recovenant this nation to the Lord. In other words, heal, not start over, but heal uh, the broken covenants and heal 
of the land in the sense of restoring it to covenantal purpose with the Lord. Uh, I'm not implying that we were just beginning this process because we were writing on the strength of years of intercession and repentance. And, and because this was only, I think, four or five years ago. So uh, I knew that it was God saying, we're coming to the end of this prayer journey of restoration. And now go back and recovenant the land to him. So we did that, and and Chuck actually prophesied six out of the seven places. And while he was prophesying, I heard in my spirit the seventh one. So I knew what all of them were. And the first place we were to go was Cape Henry. And I knelt there at the cross. There's a replica, not a replica, but there's a monument now there of a large cross that sort of depicts what happens and, and, and refers to what happened with Robert Hunt and this team. So I knelt there with others, and we did just that. Um, so Cape Henry has always been significant to me, and I've always known that what God is doing in this land is restoring us to what was prophesied that day. Then there's another interesting thing that happened regarding Cape Henry uh, that I find very prophetic and very significant just a short time after this. When we began our Appeal to Heaven gatherings, conferences around the nation. Uh, we were conducting one of our first, it may have been the first, I'm not sure, but uh, we did Thursday night, Friday through Saturday morning, appealing to heaven based on the flag and the history of that. And I don't have time to go into that right now. Most of you would know about it. If you don't, you can uh, look up on YouTube, the appeal to heaven message that I share and tell a story, or you can order the booklet from small book from our ministry. But uh, the uh, we were doing one of these Appeal to Heaven conferences, and a friend of mine wasn't with us. He had, he, he had felt like he was to go to Cape Henry on a prayer journey during that time, and he had a team there with him. And when they were there at Cape Henry, they had a very significant encounter with a team, another team of people there, and it happened to be the morning, the last morning of our conference. In fact, I remember receiving the text of this just as I was finishing the conference. This was basically the end of our conference, receiving this text and, and reading it. Uh, so while they were there, uh, a group of ladies uh, that, that they saw and they could tell they were believers uh, and, uh, and they struck up a conversation with them. And these ladies said, we, we were just over at CBN with Pat Robertson. Uh, you can, you can attend the broadcast. There, there's room for a, a small audience in their 700 club uh, pr production and uh, media TV cast every, every morning. So they were there and sometimes Pat or others will step over and say hello or talk to him. And, and that morning they had met him and, he prophesied to them. Now, he didn't he prophesy maybe, you know, the way some people would, but he gave them a word from the Lord. He said that they were going to meet a man that day at Cape Henry, and this is what you are to tell him. And so they were on alert at when they when they were there at the cross at Cape Henry. And here was my friend. And they struck up a conversation, and 
They said, we believe you are that man that we were to share this with. And here's the word. Now, keep in mind, we just finished an Appeal to Heaven conference appealing to God for the healing of this nation and the recovery of destiny. We have a man there and, an, and another group of ladies at the one of the places that marks the prophetic declaration of our destiny over America. Now we're connected in the spirit in these two places. One of the patriarchs, as far as I'm concerned, of, of, the, of the body of Christ in America right now, Pat Robertson, gives him a word. And here's what these ladies were told to tell my friend, who, by the way, this friend of mine, Rick Curry, played a significant role in God restoring that flag appeal to heaven to my life. He had one of the most significant dreams of this whole journey God walked me on. You can read that dream in in the in the book Appeal to Heaven. So so it's all connected. The appeal to heaven, the flag, the prayers, the destiny of this nation, Cape Henry. We're doing a conference now. Last morning we just finished just as I'm about to walk off the stage and let everyone go, I received this text. And, and here's what the ladies said to him uh, from Pat Robertson. The appeal has been heard. And it is time for America's awakening to begin. Can you imagine? We just finished for three days appealing. And the word was, the appeal has been heard. And it's time for America's awakening to begin. And again, and once more, I want to say, this was given at Cape Henry where our destiny was decreed. An amazing place. Now, fast forward. Just a few weeks ago, a friend of mine shared a dream he had. And it's a short dream, very fascinating, interesting but short. I went to visit uh, with my friend at his father's house. He was at his dad's house. I pulled up, got out, walked over to say hi to this man. Uh, and his dad was off from us a ways, walking through around the yard. But he was he was dressed strangely. He had on one of the costumes or outfits of a superhero. He had wearing a cape like a Superman. And so dressed as a superhero with a cape. And I said to my friend, uh, why is, I called his dad by the name we always called him, why is Ike dressed this way like a superhero wearing a cape? And he looked at me and, and he said, that's not, Ike, that's Henry. Well, and that was the end of the dream. Well, I didn't know until he related the dream to me that his dad's real name was Henry. And so as he and I, as he, as he related the dream to me, he said, Cape Henry. And I said, it's about Cape Henry. God's trying to get my attention about Cape Henry, isn't he? And he said, that's what I believe. And I sought the Lord about. It. I said, Lord, what 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 does this mean? Uh, what are you what are you saying to me about this? What, you know, why the superhero uh, outfit? And here's what I heard the Lord say: the power to overcome evil 
Now, of course, that's what superheroes do. That's the significance of, of the outfit. The power to overcome evil is in some ways linked to our righteous heritage, which connects us to our purpose and our destiny. So I knew the Lord was saying to me, again, if we are going to overcome the enemy, the opposition in this hour, we're going to have to somehow do it through covenant and through what God established at Cape Henry and at other places of our founding. In other words, we can't just ask for revival so we can be blessed. We can't just ask God to heal the land so just so we can have a strong economy or or be remain strong enough that our enemies can't overtake us. It's 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 about more than us. It's about the purposes of God. It's about the kingdom of God. It's it's about what he said to me when he mantled me in 2000. I must have this nation. I must have this nation. You know, the, the greatest harvest in history is, is just ahead of us, and God needs America for this. I tell you, and I say it boldly, God is going to heal this nation. He is going to turn this nation. A great, greatest revival is coming. Millions are coming to the Lord. And we are going to re-pick re up, pick up again our mantle uh, to take the gospel of the kingdom to the ends of the earth. This is coming and it will not be stopped. Now, one more dream. This dream was sent to me just a few days ago. And in this dream, he says, I dreamed this morning. It's a very, very um, trusted prophetic friend of mine. In fact, I did a podcast with him recently, Clay Nash, who has a small book now with some of these dreams in the book that God has given him for the nation. But he said, I dreamed the morning of September 9th that Dutch issued a call to rally a point to a point close to Cape Henry. And let me just stop here and say, all of these dreams are so significant to me that I'm going back there in just a few days with a team. We can't get to the cross because it's on a military base and because of COVID, they're not letting anybody on the base. But we can get to the beach. The cross that's there right now is not exactly on the spot anyway. As long as we're close in that area, uh, we're where we need to be. In fact, we're probably closer to where uh, Robert Hunt planted the, the cross back then uh, by just finding a place there on the beach where we are allowed to go. But I believe God is, is, is telling me I must go back there and pray because uh, I believe something will be imparted to us that we can release in our prayers and our decrees to the nation in the sense of restoring this covenant with the Lord. I feel it has to happen before our gathering October 8th. I will be releasing whatever God gives me there at Cape Henry. I'll be releasing it at that gathering. And it's full, by the way. You can't you can't come, but you can certainly join us uh, through uh, live stream and our, our website, et cetera. And, and I'm hoping that tens of thousands of people around the country 
join us because your prayers are going to be just as significant whether you're sitting in that room or across the country. But in the dream, Dutch issued a call to rally to a point close to Cape Henry. Small group, maybe not more than eight, he said, maybe less. He instructed the team that we were to fast, pray, and consecrate ourselves to the Lord before we set foot on the land, which is exactly, by the way, this is not the dream now, which is exactly what Robert Hunt did. As the team obeyed and sought God, there were dreams received, dreams of a wave of awakening being released to sweep across the nation. A clear strategy was revealed having to do with prayer, which I'm pondering and, and will probably be uh, doing something with later, but I'm not going to read that part. But, but, but through those dreams and what God spoke to us as we prepared for this, a, a, a fresh prayer initiative uh, strategy was given. Back to the dream, Dutch then instructed that we were to set foot on the land at the cross and see the well of oaths or covenant, O-A-T-H-S. Uh, that was another word for covenant in the Old Testament because they they would take the oath, of, an oath of covenant. So it was, and the, the well of covenant was Beersheba, uh, that's what that word means. Beersheba means the well of covenant or the well of oath. And uh, that's very significant. In Abraham's journey, Isaac's journey is very sig significant to me. I've been there. It was significant to me in the appeal to heaven revelation. It's where uh, Abraham planted the, uh, the tree, evergreen tree representing covenant and called an everlasting God. That's all in the book, by the way. I don't have time to go into it, but it's in the appeal to heaven book. But he said, we, are, we can now go uh, set foot on the land and see the well of oaths or covenant open and freed. See the well of covenant open and freed to flow across the nation. Recovenanting the land. That's, this is my words now. We are recovenanting with the Lord. We are we are we have repented there has been there have been millions of prayer and this is me this is I'll get back to the dream in a minute there have been millions of prayers prayed in the last 25 30 years in this nation of repentance 40 years millions millions of prayers of repentance i know there's still sin i know there are still things wrong i know we still mess up in this nation and dishonor god and do things we shouldn't do but I am telling you that there have, has been, there have been millions of prayers of repentance that have been prayed. Personally, this is my deep and strong conviction. We have had enough prayers of repentance from the remnant, the praying church, that now allow God to do what he needs to do in the healing of this nation. That You don't have to... You don't have to have enough change of action for God to send revival. It's the revival that brings the change of action. You don't have, a, have to have enough of the church waking up, a majority of the church, so God can send revival. It's revival that wakes up the majority of the church. God uses a remnant to pray, to repent, to do what he needs done. That allows him to move 
That's what sweeps through the culture and the church and awakens and revives and brings millions into the kingdom and changes laws, etc. So don't make the mistake of, of, of thinking that because we haven't gotten all this change, that that means there hasn't been enough repentance or that God can't do these things. It, that change happens after he sends the outpouring of his spirit. So this covenant with the Lord is about to be awakened. The well is being opened and it's going to flow across this nation. Back to the dream. Once we arrived at Cape Henry, the cloud of witnesses appeared and Reese Howells stepped forth to pray over those of us gathered there. Now, let me just insert, this is not necromancy. We're not implying that we're speaking to the dead and meeting with the dead and communicating with them. This is a dream. This is a, a, a something God used in a dream to symbolize things. Reese Howells symbolizes intercession. He was a prayer leader, had a Bible school, but was mostly known for his prayer life. He and his prayer team uh, are, are really many, many of us, many, many people, myself included, would, would say that Reese Howells was used, he and his team were used by the Lord to really save the world during World War II. They would pray for hours, sometimes 15 hours a day, interceding for the Allies. Winston Churchill once said, when, when Reese and his team are praying, we win. They became so sensitive that God would share with them things that were going to happen in the war, battles, strategies, et cetera, before they happened, and Reese and his team would pray into them. It was, it was, it was, it was remarkable how the Lord used them, but, but most intercessors know who Reese Howells was. And was just a great leader. So he he shows up in this dream and he prays over us. And his prayer said the following, let those that are to break up the fallow ground plow deep so that the soil of this nation can be prepared for the seeds of righteousness to be sown, resulting in an abundant harvest. Now, there's more, but I'm going to read that again. Let those that are to break up the fallow ground plow deep so that the soil of this nation can be prepared for the seeds of righteousness to be sown, resulting in an abundant harvest, a harvest that will come so quickly that the harvester will overtake the sower. The verse in Amos says the, the plowman will overtake the reaper. The harvester will overtake the sower, but let the preparers of the soil do a quick work in order that the sower not delay the harvest. In other words, the, the harvest is going to be so, so great that while they're still reaping the harvest, it's going to be time to sow again and plow again. So everybody's got to work fast. That's the point of this. He then took his coat off and placed it on Dutch's shoulders in the dream, Clay says. He said, this is the coat I wore during World War II and must be worn by the ecclesia in order to see the kingdom harvest that is at hand. In other words, there's a mantle of intercession that was on us, he was saying. And, and, and this is not about me, by the way. The fact that he put it on me in the dream 
I say frequently when I'm relating a dream like this, this is not about me. It's about what I represent, the prayer movement, the, the interceding church, the ecclesia. Uh, he, what Reese is saying is there is a mantle that's going to have to be worn. It's the same mantle that we wore. I'm not talking about literally the same. It's the same governmental authority. It's the same faith. It's the same uh, type of intercession over nations and that can turn things in the heavens, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So he, he then hugged me, Dutch, Clay says, hugged Dutch like a father would a son. Here's a, here's a father in heaven now who's pictured as loving, hugging uh, one uh, me who represents another movement. In other words, Reese is, is, is showing his, his heart of affection and compassion from the, from the balconies of heaven, if you were. The cloud of witnesses saying, we love you, we need you. Uh, and then he says, the training is finished. It is time to go to war. Now, to me, we never stop growing. But what that statement means to me is that God has, he has given enough revelation to us that we know what to do. He has trained an ecclesia. He has taught us our authority. We know we are the government of God in the earth, of the kingdom of God on earth, and that we can bind and loose and rule for him. We, we, we realize that fully. So he says, the training is finished. It's time to go to war. And now listen to this. And October, we'll see the turning of the war. He held up a scroll with a wax seal on it and said, this seal will be broken in October. And the words from it will be activated and will release a holy awe. Incredible. I want to say to you that we are in a season, September and October, that are the critical points of this hinge year. 2020, amazing year. Good and bad. But the hinge year, in many ways, a hinge year of history. One of the most significant years ever, as far as I'm concerned, because it's leading us toward the greatest harvest ever. But September, October, the month we're in now in October, the two key months. And what is God, Holy Spirit, doing to prepare us? There's more prayer going on September, October than any time I can recall. So many prayer initiatives are happening. So many gatherings, so many, uh, 50 days here, 50 days there. Uh, the conference of the gatherings and, and, and our gathering in October. I don't, don't, please don't interpret me reading that because I'm implying that it's our conference or our uh, reset gathering, holy convocation in, in October that's, that's going to accomplish all this. We, we are one of many doing things. But I am telling you, you know, that, that what God is doing now and for the rest of this month and through the month of October is 
an incredible window of time, a Kairos season, where actually, I'm not saying the war is going to be over, but this dream says, and it, this dream doesn't say that either, but it says October will see the turning of the war. We're going to break through in October. We're going to break through at the reset. Others are going to be used to break through. God is going to rend the heavens and break through in October. I'm telling you this because I want you to pray. And I want you to be encouraged. I want you to know that your prayers are making a difference. There are enough people out there telling you they're not. I'm telling you they are. Your prayers are making a difference. I don't care if, if it's your hour of intercession or while you're working around the house, you just keep a prayerful mindset and every once in a while, just throw up a prayer or while you're writing in your cards, God send revival to America. Our prayers are making a difference. Get on board. Keep doing this. Don't lose heart. We will reap in due season if we don't faint or give up. And by the way, the phrase due season there in Greek, idios kairos. Idios means ownership. Kairos means appointed or opportune time. That, that verse is not saying you might reap one of these days or when God gets around to it. It's saying we own a kairos appointed opportune time of breakthrough at the right time that we own in the spirit. In other words, God's already said, I'm going to do this. He knows when it is. We own a time as far as he's concerned when he's going to do this. It's ours. If we persevere, he says, and don't lose heart, we're going to reap. I'm saying to you, do not lose heart. Keep praying. Pastors, keep praying. Moms and dads, keep praying. The prodigals are coming. Prayer groups, keep praying. Go to D.C. if you can for the return or for Franklin Graham's prayer march. Join some of these other efforts of uh, 50 days of prayer here and there. Uh, join with us October 8, 9, and 10 for this gathering we're doing. I'm telling you, our prayers are making a difference and breakthrough is coming and the gates of hell are not going to prevail against us, against the Lord and what he is doing. We will win this war. And we will see what God started at Cape Henry. Continue. Be, be restored. The nation will be reset. And we will see America rise up again into the fullness of her destiny. In Jesus' name, I decree this. And I believe it. And it will happen. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast and connected with it at a heart level. Um, I just, I just feel I need to pray. Lord, let a spirit of faith rise in your people now. Let all discouragement go, Lord. It's been a tough tough season for so many. Let all discouragement go. Let a spirit of faith come upon us. Let, let strength arise. Let faith arise. 
encourage. I break hope deferred off of your people. Discouragement, even from loss and from devastation. I break that hope deferred off of you. And I say, you will dream again. You will believe again. You will run again. You will, you will be excited again. God will uh, come through for you, and you're going to be uh, strengthened in this season to finish the race well. Now, Lord, I pray for the church. I pray that there would be, uh, this would be a season that, that we guard against distraction, that we do separate ourselves to you with times of worship and reading your word and prayer gathering with others, and that we look at this uh, just as we would a D-Day battle, uh, planning in, the, in, the, in World War II, Lord, that, that, that history is being written right now, that this is one of the most significant seasons in, in history, and that we would treat it as such and, and act, as you say in your word, like soldiers. I pray that over your people. I pray it over leaders, that we would shake ourselves, rouse ourselves, and be ready. As, as this dream said, that when Reese Howells spoke in the dream, it's time to go to war. Lord, I pray that that warring spirit will come upon your people, that, that they will rise up in this in this war, not, not natural war, Lord, but spiritual war, prayer, spiritual warfare, praying, decreeing, binding, loosing. Loosing your, your healing, your anointing, your reviving of a nation, your harvest. I thank you for it, Lord. You said, I must have this nation. I say, you will have this nation. And I thank you for what you're doing. Amen. I bless you all. I thank you for taking the time to listen to this. Be encouraged. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Dutch Sheets Ministries. If you would like more information about us or if you've been impacted by this podcast and would like to sew into the ministry, please visit our website at dutchsheets.org.